going to jump right in the message. John chapter 14 is where we're going to be. John chapter 14. And uh, if you're getting there in your paper Bible, uh, I want to give you some thoughts before you get to that point. And here's the thought. I'm going to just sort of unload right where we're going. We're going to talk about what we're dependent on. What are you dependent on? So think of the last week. I'm going to give you just a second to think about that. Things that come to my mind like water, air, house, right? Some of the basics. You remember back from, uh, back from school, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Anybody remember? This is interactive time. Yeah, a few of you remember this. Uh, I remember it from high school. If you don't know what it is, here's a representation of it. I know you can't read the words, but essentially it's this triangle, and at the base of the triangle lists core needs that you have to be, uh, that you have to have met before you move up. So at the bottom it says things like air and water and food and shelter. Yeah, and before you have those, like you can't move up to love and belonging until you get the bottom foundational needs met. Well, I took that Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I rewrote it to Steve's hierarchy of needs. See if this makes any sense to you. I added one thing at the bottom, Wi-Fi, longer battery life, and coffee. Anybody with me? Yes, thank you. It's those things that we are dependent. I, I really like coffee. I would almost say I'm dependent on it, but it's probably a bad thing, right? We're, we're dependent on some things. Let me give you another example of what we're dependent on. I saw this uh, article from the American Heritage Foundation. It says this, It says, today, more people than ever, 67.3 million Americans, from college students to retirees to welfare beneficiaries, depend on the federal government for housing, food, income, student aid, and other assistance once considered to be the responsibility, and it lists other places that picked those up in the past. We're dependent on things. I, I would argue many of those things are not necessarily bad. I really like that in the United States we try to take care of basic fundamental needs where people depend on those. It's not a bad thing. So we have some things that we depend on that are good, but many of you know that when times get tough, you probably know someone that becomes dependent on something that's not so good. Alcohol or substance abuse or even in relationships, people can become dependent on other people. It's called codependency, where your entire existence is driven how the other person's mood is, what they feel like, and all of a sudden, I'm fully dependent on someone else for my feelings, my mood, my attitude, what I do during the day. Some dependencies bring life, and some dependencies steal our joy, and our life. When you think about dependencies, I mean, we're in church. What should we be dependent on? Whoa, okay. Online people, what should we be dependent on? We should be dependent on God, right? This is church. This is not like this, some mind-blowing thing. Duh, Pastor Steve, yes, we should be dependent on church. That's where I'm headed, but I want to hit something today that started with a dream. I'm not normally a dream guy, but this last weekend, I had this odd dream where uh, I was in a, with a crowd of people, didn't know who it was, I was by a lake, 
And I was trying to get people to understand the importance of Psalm 146. In the dream, I had no idea what Psalm 146, I don't have it memorized, right? But I was trying to get people, like, no, you really have to deeply understand Psalm 146. It's important, and people were not paying attention. And I was just, I was, I had this visceral feeling. And so when I woke up, I read Psalm 146, and these two verses stuck out. Look at this, Psalm 146, verse 3. Do not put your confidence in power people. They're powerful people. There is no help for you there. And in verse 5, but joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their, say it with me, helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. So I was trying to convince people in the dream, and I felt like it was so important when I woke up, I actually drug it into this message because it helps make this point that we should be, at times like we're living in today, dependent on the Spirit of God. We should be dependent on God. Here's the alternative. If we live our life not dependent on God all the time, we, come to, we become dependent on the flesh. That's what the Scripture tells us. You have an alternative. You can be dependent on the flesh, all the things that you can muster up, think up, learn out of your own stamina, out of your own strength, or we can become dependent on the Spirit. Look at this verse. Romans 8, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Oh, that's good. I'm going to read that again. The, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I could use more life and peace around me. I'm tired of the death. I'm tired of the bad news. I'm tired of the, I want more of that. And so the question that I'm asking myself and I'm working on, and I want to, all of us to consider this, if living by the Spirit brings life and peace, here's, here's the question for us all to wrestle with. How dependent am I on the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you an awkward pause. I'm even going to show the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Where would you put the Holy Spirit in your Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Really. Because I'm going to unpack today why, depending on the Holy Spirit, is like the best thing ever. And I, I'm not perfect at this, but I'm trying to get him to a foundational element to where I'm dependent on him. And that's my hope for you as well today. But before we get there, we have been in this series called Audience of One. And I get to close out the series today. And the whole point of this series has been making Jesus the Lord of our life. That, that's the entire point of the series. How do we take the person of Jesus and make him, really make him the Lord, make him preeminent, the one we hope for, depend on, and live by? And today, I want to focus on a promise that Jesus shared about sending the Holy Spirit. And I want to point out, not just, I want to give you some practical things along the way, but not, not just why we should, but like the foundational, the absolute why this could be a game changer in our life. And I want to do that by looking at John chapter 14. 
So before I read the scripture for today, I want to give you a little background. Jesus is teaching by this time his 12 disciples. You should read the account. It's an amazing teaching. And he's trying to comfort his disciples because he's starting to tell them after three years of hanging out with them, doing great stuff, I'm going to go away. Just think about that for a second. You, you hang out with Jesus for three years and he's starting to talk about going away. What? And I think they were a little bit confused. I would be too. And so he promises something. Look at this. In verse 15 he says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. If we move down to verse 25, he continues to talk about the Spirit of truth. In this promise, he says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And he goes on and he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And in that promise, I, I really want to highlight the, the utter dependence on the Holy Spirit, why it's critical in our lives today. So before I unpack those things, let me pray. Will you pray with me? So Father, it was, it was a privilege and an honor to worship you today in song. And we, God, want to also learn from you and your word today. So would you open our hearts and our minds and our ears? And God, would you specifically teach each one of us uniquely what you want us to hear? I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've got a couple of things. Back of the handout is some fill-in-the-blanks that'll help guide us for today. Here's what I see in this promise of Jesus. Living dependent on the Spirit gives us ongoing access to the perfect advocate. Gives us ongoing access to the perfect advocate. John 14, verse 15 says this. Jesus is talking and he says, if you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, but he uses the word advocate. It's an interesting word, advocate. And I want to describe it in sort of a different way. Because we don't use the word, ad I don't use the word advocate a lot. And so I want to describe it this way. How many of you have heard of the organization CASA? Raise your hand, CASA. Oh, yeah, a number of you. That's awesome. CASA is a local organization. It's also a national organization that does some really great things. And I want to actually read one of their mission statements so we get an understanding of what they do. It says this. CASA, its role is to support and promote court-appointed advocates for abused or neglected children. CASA, court-appointed special advocate, CASA are volunteers appointed by a judge, and their role is to gather information and make recommendations in the best interest of the child, keeping the child's personal wishes in mind. Court-appointed special advocates. It's an amazing organization that children have benefited in our community from. Those volunteers are amazing, and their role is to advocate 
They're appointed by a judge to advocate. They have the best interest of the child in mind, and they know what the child's interests are. That is a phenomenal representation of what an advocate is and what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. He has your best interests in mind all the time. And he knows the deepest things of God. The Holy Spirit does. Time out. When we make Jesus the Lord of our life, when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we get promised the Holy Spirit, and inside of us, we have the advocate who knows your best interests. And look at this, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit that you have when Jesus is Lord of your life knows the deepest things of God. Do you understand that? He's not surprised when you're in the middle of a mess. He's there advocating on your behalf. He's praying for you. The Holy Spirit is prompting you. The Holy Spirit, if you're like me, has to continually nudge you to say, stop doing this. Well, what about this? This is a good opportunity, Steve. Pay attention to this. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. He has your best interests in mind. If we depend on him. So I want to make this practical. Do you want to know how I'm learning to depend more on the Holy Spirit? Okay, thanks. Yeah. Uh, because we could go throughout this whole talk and this could just be, oh, this is great scripture, and those are good verses, and those are good points. But I really have a deep desire that everyone listening, everyone at Grape Road, and every single person in this room, when you go home, you have at least one nugget, one handle to hold on to to say, I'm going to try that. So here's how I do it. I'm, it's, I'm not perfect. But I am a type, could you tell I'm a type A person? Really? Could you tell? Like, I'm type A, and I have an opinion for almost anything. So if I'm in a situation or I'm having a, I have bad weeks every now and again. If I have a situation or I have a bad week, I can run in and give first opinions for like nobody's business. Like I have an opinion, I can come in and interject whatever. But what I'm learning to do is depend on the spirit. And here's where it gets practical. Here's what I do in the mornings or sometimes throughout the day. I will sit down on my red couch in my house, right in the corner, and I'll sit there. I'll take a deep breath, and I will invite the Holy Spirit, and I'll say, God, boy, I've got a lot of opinions, the way I think things should go, but I need you, God, to get my flesh, my thoughts, my desires out of the way. Because if you've got the best interest of me in mind, I would so much rather follow you. And so I just wait. And I pause. And I rest. I don't read necessarily. I just pause. And, and what I walk away with that usually is a sense of more peace and more understanding 
of the will of God, which is amazing because the Holy Spirit is there to give you gifts, to give you things when you become dependent on him. Look at this, Galatians 5.22. When we depend on the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. It's like patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You, you can write this down. Relying on the Spirit of God yields great fruit. Not grapefruit. Yields great fruit. When you read in the New Testament all the letters that Paul wrote, you need to realize that at least four of those letters were written in prison. Prison is not a fun place to be, from what I hear. And back then it was even more challenging. Yet what we see Paul write when he's writing these letters, he's talking about joy, and he's talking about peace, and he's talking about patience. That's phenomenal. That's incredible because he's relying on the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say in Scripture, hey, Paul, way to grind it out. Way to fake it to make it. Ooh. You ever hear that term, fake it to make it? How many of you are fake it to make it people sometimes? Yeah. I have been. You know, it doesn't say in Scripture that if you need joy, just manufacture it. Just pretend. Just put a smiley face on it because you realize that it's the fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's not the fruit of your labor. You cannot manufacture joy, peace, patience, forbear, all those things. Those are not the fruit of your hard work or just grinding it out or just figuring it out. It's the fruit of the Spirit, but you have to become dependent on the Spirit to have those things. Even in the darkest, hardest times, depend on the Spirit because He is there to help you. Look at this promise from Jesus. We read this earlier. He says, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help and be with you, say it with me, forever. Forever. He, he's not going to shy away at those hard times. He knows the issue that you're having with your kids. He knows the issue that you're having at work with your spouse. He's there with your best interest in mind forever. The risk is if we don't use him, we'll go to something else and we'll go to someone else. And they're not there forever. I want to be dependent on the Spirit of God who has my best interest in mind and who is willing to help out forever. Living dependent on the Spirit gives us ongoing access to the perfect advocate. The other thing I see in this promise is this. Living dependent on the Spirit provides a reliable teacher for all situations. Provides a reliable teacher for all situations. Verse 26, we read this earlier. Jesus continues this promise and he says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you everything I've said to you. He'll teach you all things, remind you everything, that he said. Now, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He's trying to bring them comfort because he's saying that he's going to have to go away forever. 
And I just put myself in that account. That if the teacher that I just hung out with for three years, just saw amazing things from, just heard almost every sermon he preached, hung on every word, and all of a sudden he says he's going away forever, at least a part of me is wondering, what am I going to do now? Do I go back and be a fisherman? A tax collector? Because this is going to get hard. But what we see is the disciples understanding at least a little bit into this promise, and they start living by the Spirit. And we see them, we have access to the writings as they go out and they spread the word of Jesus. And we see them dependent on the Holy Spirit. At least twice they were in prison, and the Holy Spirit shows up, breaks them free from prison. They're going from town to town. And one time they were at a specific edge of a town and it says the Spirit of God wouldn't let them go in. They were so dependent that they realized that's the Spirit of God. We're not going that way. We're going to pause. They live dependent on the Holy Spirit and we still gather today to hear their stories about Jesus because they live dependent on him. It's a great lesson for us because there are times... Sometimes we read the New Testament and we really don't understand how confusing it was for them. They were being persecuted, thrown in prison, beaten, killed eventually for preaching about Jesus. The, the Romans were crazy. It was a confusing time for them. It's confusing for us right now. It's not the same confusing, but we're living sort of a, a crazy confusing time. And I'm not just talking about COVID. We live in a confusing time for relationships for our financial situations, and for COVID. Right? It, it is confusing. And it, many of you, when I call you and talk to you or run into you, I can tell that you're leaning on the Holy Spirit because I can see that you still have joy. Like you, you're still making it through and you're doing well, but too often I talk to people and what I sense is they're in information overload. We, we're living in a time, you all know this, but we are living in a time that information is all around us. The news, the latest COVID numbers, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, how to deal with relationship crisis, all this. If we don't know perfectly what to do, we can buy a class online and learn about it. We are in an information-rich society, and I wonder... How many of us are in, are in analysis paralysis? You're stuck. I talked to somebody 20 minutes ago as they were leaving from the church. Their comment was, I'm stuck. I've got, and they described four people, different realms of their life, workplace, here, there, and they're all giving them different advice, and they're just stuck. And we're wondering, what is true in all of this? But look at this. Verse, 1 John uh, 2, verse 27. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. I want to read that again. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches you is true. It's not a lie. I don't want to diminish the information that we are getting from teachers, and, and some places are amazing. But just a reality, I've got a college degree. When I'm in the middle of a confusing time, my college professors are not at my beck and call. I'm not calling them saying, what do I do in this situation? 
Mark Pope, he's the lead pastor of this church, good friend, great teacher, but he doesn't live with me. That'd be weird. He doesn't live with me, and so at 9 o'clock at night when I'm in a situation, even though I have great access to him, he's not there all the time. My personal physician is not around 24 hours a day. If I have a therapist, they're not there all the time. At some point, people, we need to realize that the one person who is there forever, who has our best interest in mind, who is advocating on your behalf, is the Holy Spirit, and that's who we should be relying on. When I was in the marketplace, and arguably I had a position in the marketplace that was beyond my capability. I'm just being transparent. I loved it. I spent uh, over 20 years in healthcare. But I can remember situations that I would go into and I'd be like, I am not equipped for this. And so I would pause and I would say, Holy Spirit, unless you show up, this is going to be a massive failure, so would you please show up? When I started working with the homeless in downtown South Bend, I'm not a homeless expert. I don't have a social services degree. And I can remember vividly, I was standing in a parking lot in downtown South Bend. We were getting ready to serve the homeless community. And I was standing there by myself, and I I prayed something like this, Holy Spirit, unless you show up, I am ill-equipped. Unless you show up, this is going to fail. When I was hired onto the Vineyard Church, I don't have a seminary degree. Heads up, I don't have a seminary degree. And so I can remember praying, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to show up in a big way because if you don't, out of my strength, this is going to be a disaster. And in my life, I'm not perfect, but in my life, when I look back at those times, those were the times when I was most dependent on the Holy Spirit that God showed up in huge ways. It was undeniable that out of my own strength, that didn't work, but out of the strength of the Holy Spirit, the dependence on him, that's when it worked. You can write this down. If we wait for the world to fully inform us, we might miss the God opportunity in front of us. If we wait for the world to fully inform us, we might miss the God opportunity in front of us. I am fully convinced of this statement. There is not enough information in the world for you to have a perfect answer on what to do in this world. It can be COVID, relationships, financial, church, whatever it is, there's not, and if you continually wait, you will get stuck. And you'll miss the God opportunity in front of you. Just this week, Pastor Kathy, who is serving at the community center, she's doing a phenomenal job at the community center, helping kids do homework, figure out life, understand who Jesus is, and uh, this picture of the community center. And this particular night, one of the students was being a little, we love them, being a little challenging. And so Kathy called me later in the evening And she said, hey, she said something like this. Hey, I'm not a parent. I've never had kids. How would you deal with this? Because I've had three boys, right? Perfect question. How would you deal with this? And because I was working on this message primarily, but for another reason, I said, what did God say? Now, I know Pastor Kathy prays, and and she's doing a great job, but that was my answer. Not flippantly, but because I knew that this was the message I was preaching. But also, I remember 22 years ago when I was home with my firstborn son, 
in my arms, and my wife wanted to leave the house for the first time. Whoa, what? And so I'm holding this ball of flesh, and, I'm, and it's making noises, and I'm like, whoa, is that a good noise? <laughs> what, is still breathing? What do I do? Oh, it just pooped. What do I do, right? It's, but God showed up. Like at some point, God, and so the, the great thing about Pastor Kathy is the next morning we talked, and she, she said, you know, I prayed, and God said I have everything I need. But yeah, because it's the reliance on the Holy Spirit. He's there to teach you all things. If we live dependent on the Spirit of God in all situations, he will teach us what we need to know. We have to become dependent on him. I want to leave you with three ways to help you become more dependent on the Holy Spirit. I want to make this as practical as I can. I want, this is my deep desire. I haven't told the other services this. I want 300, 400, 500 people to try something to be more dependent on the Holy Spirit. So here's three suggestions. Living more dependent on the Holy Spirit. The first thing you need is relationship. You can write that in, relationship. If we go back to Jesus, he was promising the Holy Spirit to his disciples. But look at the way he started this. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father, he'll send you an advocate. If you love me, so here's the question, do you love him? I'll ask that again. You don't have to answer. Do you love Jesus? You may know him, you may show up and do things for him, but do you love him? Because when you love him, what he says is, ah, I will send you an advocate, the best advocate ever, but we gotta love him, so do you love him? Second thing is constant connection. I'm working on this. Constant connection. It's fascinating in this account, Jesus is talking to his disciples. You should read it. The, next, the immediate next thing he says is he gives this parable about the vine and the branches. And he says this, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying, you want to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit? You need those things? You need more joy in your life? You need more patience? Remain in me. Be with me. Spend more time on that red couch. I'm learning more about the Holy Spirit the closer to him and the more time I spend with him. That's how I learn to be more dependent on him. It is not a waste of time to sit in my red chair and to get my will, get my flesh out of the way and invite him into those situations. Constant connection. Last one. Respond to the nudge. Respond to the nudge. So Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. He says, hey, you have to be close to me. I'm the vine. Stick with me. And then he goes on and he says this. In John chapter 16, he says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will guide you. He's inside of you prompting you, trying to get you to understand, trying to 
stop doing things, trying to enter into conversation. Let me just make this practical. Anybody ever have a hard conversation you didn't want to have? Yeah, I've been married 25 years, amazing wife. Not every day has been roses and unicorns, and sometimes you have these hard conversations. So this is how you, before you get into those hard conversations, respond to the nudge. You stop before you get in there and go, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you. What should I say? What shouldn't I say? And you're just listening, right? You're trying to understand How do I get me out of the way so, God, you show up in this? When I was in the marketplace, some of you have heard this story before, crazy, confusing times. I can remember sitting in my office for maybe a minute, and I would sit down, and there's a million things going on, and I'd say, okay, Holy Spirit, where do I need to go right now? Because I could go anywhere. There's a million things to do. Where do I need to go? And I would hear, not audibly, but I would just get this sense, go to the eighth floor. And so I'd go to the hospital, I'd go up the eighth floor, and I'd say, okay, God, I'm here. What do I need to pay attention? And inevitably, I would run into someone who would need encouragement or something. And so that's responding to the nudges. We have access to the best advocate in history. Let me say that again. We have access to the best advocate in history who, when we make... Jesus is Lord. We get access to him. He knows the deepest things of God and has the best interest of you in mind. We should live dependent on the Holy Spirit and our lives would be radically different. Living dependent on the Spirit gives us ongoing access to the perfect advocate and provides a reliable teacher for all situations. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. A couple of ways to respond today. Uh, The first is this. We're going to try something. Can you bring the house lights up a little bit so I can see? There's something to this uh, fake it to make it thing. And I'm not going to ask you to move, but if you're a fake it to make it person, I just want to, because I've been that person, I just want to quickly pray over you as a group uh, before I give you this other opportunity. So if you're a fake it to make it person, you can just do this so I know there's a few out there. Any fake it to me? Okay, thank you for being honest. I appreciate you. All right, I'm going to pray for you. So Holy Spirit, right now, I pray for those who had their hand up, who have been trying to manufacture the fruits that we read earlier. They've been trying to muster it up. Oh, and right as soon as I said that, some of you have been told, just be more joyful. Oh. So I pray right now that the words that have been spoken over you just be more whatever it is to be broken. You cannot manufacture those things yourself. It's when you have dependence on the Holy Spirit. So I pray that if you need more joy, more peace, more patience, I pray a new dependence on the Holy Spirit, a new season where you can sit and rest and lean back on the Holy Spirit to come and give you those things. So come and help, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.